We're still learning about chickens, and I think we're about to head into a brand new adventure. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of September the 18th, 2014. We thought this would be a good time. Oh, by the way, thanks for allowing us to take a week off. We had a very pleasant visit to the beach to um, enjoy the wedding of my cousin Blake and his lovely bride, Ashley. It's just a delightful time to get away. Very brief, but a lot of fun. I know. It was just, it was fun seeing family and enjoying um, the beautiful weather and scenic beach at Orange Beach, Alabama. However, we almost had some bad, we did have a little bit of rain that fell into our lives, but it wasn't too bad and uh, thoroughly enjoyable, all too brief. Yeah. Trip to the and, beach. And the only time it really rained was when we were all on the beach dressed up in our <laughs> wedding finery um, and we all got drenched. But that's... We did not get drenched, but okay. we got a little wet. We got a little damp. <laughs> oh, but we thought today might be a good day to bring you up to date on our adventure with the chickens. Um, and the title gives it away. This is not all pleasant news. Um, but we thought it important for us to share with you honestly the experience we have had so far uh, to just to broaden your experience set with chickens and the um, issues that can arise with them. Uh, we started with four adult chickens. They were billed as young adult chickens that we got from uh, Prattville... Farmer's Feed or uh, Prattville Feed Center or yeah, something, Prattville, Farm Center. Prattville Farm Supply, something like um, we bought a coop from Costco and built a run to go with it. Um, so they started out with a wonderful home. Um, after a few weeks, we had a period briefly when none of them were laying, which is very normal. Anytime they were stressed you, out. Yeah. yeah, anytime you introduce them to a whole new world, their, their production is going to fall off. Um, but after a few weeks, three of them laid some eggs. We never got what I would call steady production from any of our hens. Uh, we had one who never laid one egg. Bette Midler never laid an egg, right. to our knowledge. To our knowledge, right. Um, and you may ask, how do you know which one's laid? For what it is worth, we did not often experience the cackle that hens make when they lay an egg and in fairness we need to tell you that we're in the barn here and the chickens are out in the orchard it's not that far away but i guess it was far enough away that we didn't hear them cackle or maybe this these particular breeds don't cackle but and and we learned to to identify which hen laid which egg because of the shape and size of the egg. Exactly. We learned to recognize which one. And, and you may say, well, how did you know in the first place that was so-and-so? Because well, they came out of the nesting box. Yeah, we knew who was in the nesting box at a given time. And they don't go in the nesting box for five and a half minutes. They go in the nesting box, and they may stay there for 45 minutes or an hour. So um, 
we were pretty good at figuring out who was in the nesting box, and then we would check to see what their egg looked like. So we sort of learned to recognize which hen had laid, uh, which hen had laid which eggs. Right. Um, Imogene was the the smallest of the four. She was the one who did start laying very small eggs, but then stopped fairly soon thereafter. We think as a result of some kind of disease, because it discolored her comb and she right. coughed a lot, mm-hmm. and um, so we think she probably uh, stopped laying as a result of that. Then we had Bet the the biggest of the hens who never laid the first egg. So now we're down to two layers, Adelaide and Beyonce. Right. And we knew that Imogene and Bet were not laying anything. And without consulting you or Adrian or anybody, I took it upon myself to release Bet and Imogene down by the creek. Um, in retrospect, bad idea. You were frustrated with me. Adrian was frustrated with me. Um, so I won't do that anymore. Yeah, and, and, you know, we had talked about that being a fairly humane way to dispose of a hen if you didn't plan to eat the hen because of the fact that you left them near a water source. But we also know that if a coyote gets one, it'll be quick and painless. I mean, you know, well, maybe well, not painless, not completely but, but painless, quick. but just as pain, no more painful than, you know, if we had euthanized them. So um, we knew it would be quick and over with and but that they would not be without water up until the end. Uh, so but now looking back, especially Bette Midler, she was such a huge chicken that we're thinking, man, we sort of gave up a chicken dinner there uh, by, you know, we're just simply releasing her um, because we did want to. And I think what we had were dual-purpose birds. Dual-purpose meaning they lay eggs for a while, and then they can be, you know, can serve, we can use the meat. So we sort of let that one go by the wayside and now realize that we need a different strategy. So as after I did that, we were down to two hens, both of which were laying, but never very regularly particularly Beyonce, uh, was never a regular layer. Um, Beyonce stopped fairly soon after it was just Beyonce and Adelaide. And by the way, Beyonce was the dominant hen. She was the one who was always pecking Adelaide. Adelaide, to this day, has a pecked-over henpecked look about her and she always was from the beginning from the beginning the minute we got those four hens adelaide came to us with that pecked um backside so she's been the bottom of the pecking order obviously so we were down fairly quickly to one adelaide who was still laying eggs on a fairly regular basis by fairly regular i mean maybe two maybe three per week which you know they can lay four a week is not totally off four to five a week is normal four to five a week is the is normal for of a hen who's in her season and i don't think we ever got that from any hen Um, but um so now we're down to one and then adelaide stopped laying probably four weeks ago yeah we haven't had eggs here in quite a while so now we're down to two uh rather demanding, unsociable pets. 
They're not doing anything that is doing us any good. They're entertaining. And if you have a watermelon rind to put out there or a corn cob, they're really fun to watch. Yeah, and <laughs> kids love to go and see the chickens, but it's not like you can interact with them. As soon as they realize it's a human close by, they'll sort of skirt, particularly small children. Mm-hmm. They don't care for small children. Um, so our plan is to release these two to the stew pot. Right, not into the wild, but they will now become dinner on the table. And now we're thinking it's time to bring on four new chicks. And this time, the reason we have, and and we should mention that we are right at the season for the chick chain that's happening all over here in central Alabama. So Mm -hmm. it would be easy for us to go and get four young hens, four pullets. The 4-H kids have adopted these chicks and raised them and cared for them and I'm sure you know we could get a really healthy young hen the auction actually this coming Saturday uh, would be in our area but we decided we wanted to have chickens that we raised from chicks so that there's a bond they trust us they bond with us we can handle them because we've never been able to handle these hens never Um, and so and and so that's our priority. Not to mention, we would like to have some control over what breed we get. True, although we're learning that if we're in the in the market for such a small number of chicks, we may not have much control right. over Right, we the don't breed. have as much bargaining power because uh, they're set up to sell you 15 chicks at a time um, and to ship them that way. So we don't have as much... Um, as you said, control over what we get. But I would like to have some because some chickens have better dispositions than others. Certainly some are more prolific layers than others. And we some do want... white eggs, some brown eggs. Right. And and we want a dual purpose bird so that, well, for the very reason we've talked about, and I, I know we mentioned in a previous podcast, that the average age lifespan of a chicken is 10 years. The average number of years a given chicken will lay eggs is two years. So once they come into their season, as you said, you got two years worth of eggs, and then what, you're going to have a pet for eight years? Well, we're on a farm, and you know we're subsistence farmers, so as much as we love having pets, um, and we have a pet, Adi, who is strictly a pet. He's a member of the family, but we don't view the chickens that way. So that means that we probably don't plan to keep a non-laying hen around for those eight years of its life. So we'll have a cycle, we hope, of whenever those chickens that get to be two years old quit laying, they we do want chickens that would be good for uh, their meat as well. And that's what's great about a dual-purpose bird. So our plan is to get four new female chicks. We don't have any interest in doing a straight run and weeding out roosters. We'll do it if we have to, but um, our preference would be to start with chicks that we know are already sexed so that we know we have four females. And we'll raise them, and then we'll know exactly what their season is and probably go ahead and get some more chicks while the this group is still laying. And then it'll be time to release them to the stew pot as well. So but what we're running into buying chicks online, you can get only four chicks. They'll sell them to you for a not unaffordable price. But then they really ding you to ship them to you. So we might pay $12 for four 
chicks and then pay 40 or $45 for shipping, which really, I guess we could do that if we had to, but we hope we won't have to do right. that. And so now we're sort of checking around sources that are close by here in central Alabama where we, where we might be able to find somebody who has some chicks ready to go. And, and another option that we had talked about before we even started getting our first chickens is because um, in some of these catalogs, um, like Cackle Hatchery, for example, you can get 12 or 15 chicks and it's not that much more expensive. And, and we thought about, well, if we could find some other families to go in with and say, we just want four of those chicks. So if we had several people True. who would divide up a, a set of chickens with us, then that's another option. So now we have chicks we expect to be coming our way soon and how do we prepare the coop and the run for them? What we thought we would do is pick the coop up out of the, the orchard floor where it is now, get it up off the ground so that it gets nice and dry and clean it out thoroughly because there's hay and little bits of feather and so forth in there. And we there. don't want to introduce any diseases to those That's right. New we chickens. want to clean it out thoroughly and let it sit out in the sunshine off the ground for however long we can before these chicks are old enough to be introduced to the coop and the run. Which I think would be, what, eight Four to weeks? six weeks. Four to six weeks that we would keep them in a, a chick-appropriate container with the light bulb to heat them and, you know, plenty yes. of water. They, they have to be in a different kind of environment. And then hopefully by the time we're ready for them to go into the, the coop, it'll be nice and hygienic. <laughs> yes. So that's our plan. Um, we still don't know whether there's anything we're doing that is depressing egg production. We certainly are not aware of anything we're doing because they get regular feed. They have good, fresh orchard floor grass to enjoy. They live a relatively stress-free life now that we have Adi under control. One thing we can say that is good about our situation, we've not had any predator pressure, he Knock said, on knocking wood. on wood <laughs> so far, uh, even though that's one complaint that many of our friends have expressed about chickens. Well, I think um, it helps that they are inside a covered coop or and a and a run that has a, um, you know, is well protected, and that's inside an electric fence. Yes, a deer fence. I mean, it's not going to keep out everything, but the point is, we don't have. Um, as much pressure as I think we would if they weren't inside kind I of agree. a double layer of insulation. I agree. I think it's probably a little bit of a deterrent to coyotes and maybe or something, things like that. But we're not unrealistic. We understand that there will always be predator pressure. But so far, it has not yet presented itself as an issue. So I, I hope that uh, we will, in the coming weeks, have some news for you about our ability to acquire some new chicks. We're, we're sort of on the warpath now to get it done before the weather turns too cool. And I have read, though, that fall is a good time to get a new set of chicks. So as long we're as we into can fall. get them into the coop and, and acclimated before the really cold weather arrives, we should be fine. So we have a window here, and we hope to take advantage of that. And you look out your window and enjoy this lovely weather we are having now. We hope you have a good week, and we'll look forward to visiting with you soon. Take care. 
You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.